Welcome, Blenko. We're pleased you're with us for our D35 on the go, our District 35 podcast. Today, we are talking with Aman Betty, a District 35 parent, and our District 35 Director of Professional Learning, Ms. Betty Weir. We are going to talk about our district's strategic focus of deepening inclusion, an upcoming family belonging event in District 35, and we're also going to learn a little bit more about the Glencoe Council for Inclusion and Community, of which Aman is a member. Aman, thank you so much for being with us today. I really appreciate this opportunity. Thank you for inviting me. So we are going to start with something we like to call favorite things. So okay. we're going to get to know you just a little bit. We're going to do a crash course in your favorite things. And as our focus is deepening inclusion in our family belonging event, we're going to pick some topics that may be connected to that event. So. Can you share with us the language languages with an S on the end spoken in your home? Oh, absolutely. So um, I grew up in England, uh, and my family is of Indian descent from North India. So growing up, the language spoken at home was Punjabi. Uh, so it's from North India, from the state of Punjab. And fun fact, Punjab actually means the land of five rivers. So it's the like the agricultural hub of India. Um, and also growing up Indian, I watched a lot of Bollywood movies. So I understand Hindi, but I know how to read and write Punjabi because that was something that was really important to my parents. And of mm -hmm. course, English. And it depends whether it's English the, the, the Queen's way or the American way, but it's still English. <laughs> and how about your children? What uh, languages do they speak? They, they, they understand elements of Punjabi. I'm trying to get them to be a bit more proficient and maybe learn how to read it. Siana, my 10-year-old, is definitely more um, compliant uh, <laughs> and eager, whereas my son, is, who's, who's 12 and getting ready for high school next year, is, is not interested at all. He'd rather focus on English and Spanish. Mm -hmm. so, but so also we can add in Spanish. Absolutely. There's Spanish yeah. language acquisition. I learned French in high school, but um, you know, it's, it was great when we were in the south of France, but that's about it. So <laughs> multilingual. How about a favorite family dish to share? Oh, absolutely. Uh, so we are a family that really live to eat, so it's very difficult for us to choose one. Um, the one that's always a crowd favorite is called biryani. Uh, if you haven't tried it, please check it out at your local Indian restaurant. Uh, and it could be like meat-based, whether it's lamb or chicken. It's meat that's marinated in Indian spices and normally yogurt, and then you really slow cook that with rice. Mm -hmm. So it's very fragrant and, and amazing flavors, and that's always a hit when you've got a large group together. And uh, But I have to also mention chicken tikka masala, right? Mm -hmm. So if you haven't tried that, it's, it's one of Siana's favorites, and it never goes wrong. So that's a chicken dish that's cooked with uh, like tomato base, but heavy on the cream and uh, made a little bit more mild for, for the folks who can't handle the heat. So, but mm -hmm. And is that and something that you would make that you're proficient in or are you outsourcing that? I can make it if time allows, but the nice thing is there's so many people that can either make it for me <laughs> or uh, are on my speed dial to have it delivered. I mean, my husband would tell me mine is not as good as my mother-in-law's. Um, which I agree. Um, so there is there's this love and tenderness that goes into cooking Indian food. And the tough part is, and I think this exists in many different cultures, it's hard to get a recipe because mm. it's always a bit of this and a bit of that. So if I sat down with my grandmother or my mother and tried to learn some of these and say, oh, how many tablespoons was that? They're like, what do you mean? You just, you know, you just feel it. So, um, and that's what I struggle with as an engineer, but that's a different oh, story. I love that. <laughs> How about as a family favorite holiday? Uh, so there are so many uh, within the Indian culture, but I think one that 
I'm happy that we're able to recreate with the kids even though we're far away from family and celebrate with friends who've become family is Diwali. It's uh, also known as the Festival of Light and it's celebrated all across India in different forms. Um, so it's all about dressing up, which, you know, it's very colorful. Indian culture is very colorful from that perspective. Um, there's lots of food, lots of Indian sweets and desserts. Um, of course, there's music, but it's really about uh, the fireworks and the candles and the tea lights. Um, and the significance is about uh, light over darkness and good over evil. Mm. Um, and I think that's extremely symbolic. So that's a really good time to kind of slow things down and remember as a family that, you know, goodness always prevails. And it might not always seem like the easiest path, but that's the path that should be taken. So I like to reinforce that that with the kids. It's a great message. You referenced um, colorful clothing. So is there specific traditional clothing that you or the family members would wear during the holidays? Uh, Yeah, so I'll start with what's sort of symbolic to my faith. So I I am born into the Sikh faith. Um, So traditionally, the men of the Sikh faith would wear a turban. So growing up, my dad wore a turban and my, my brother still does. Um, it's something over time that Bali kind of my husband stepped away from, but at weddings or religious occasions, you know, Viraj, my son, or Bali would still wear a turban too. So that's pretty symbolic to our religious following. Um, but from a traditional dress sense, especially from being from Punjab, it's more of a, it's called a Punjabi traditional suit. So it's like a long dress or a tunic with, with uh, like loose trousers. And you can have like a scarf, which is an accessory. But if you are a religious event, you normally would cover your head with that too. Okay. And is there a favorite book that you would like to share with others that that celebrates your background? Yeah, absolutely. It's a book that, again, being so far away from home, home being England or India, it depends, right? It means both to me. Um, And trying to instill some of that culture within the kids. One of the books that I really got for them when they were younger, it's called Super Sing and Super Gar. So Singh and Gar are the middle names that are used um, for for Sikhs, right? So men would have Singh, which means lion, and women would have Gar, which means princess. So it's about these cute little kid superheroes and the power of uh, meditation uh, to be able to overcome like the seven sins, right? So the seven sins, I think, exist uh, culturally all across the world. So I think that mindfulness element that it brings to the table and sort of weaving that through with some religious elements, I think, was was a fun way of introducing that to the kids. And is that something that you still have at the house? I do. I do. It's in a few different pieces (laughs) because it's been read a few times, (laughs) but it exists. So well-worn, well-used. So, Aman, we invited you to be here today because you were involved in our District 35 committee this summer that met to begin planning and considering what might we want to do for a family belonging night. Can you tell us a little bit about why you were interested in being part of that work? Oh, absolutely. Firstly, I'm always excited to learn. I think I'm a born learner. um, And any opportunity that I can increase my awareness with regards to diversity within the community, whether that's school or within the workplace, I want to soak that up like a sponge best that I can. Um, And it's also a platform, like even just a few elements that I shared with you guys today, right? It's a platform for me to share my perspective and my experiences, right? Being born in England, raised uh, by first-generation Sikh parents who were born in India, and now raising two kids in in Chicago, right? Having moved to a few different states, I feel like there's just so many life experiences. And really over time, I've, um, I've transformed my thinking from not only where am I at a disadvantage because of my diversity, 
but changing that to where do I have privilege and how can I leverage that to be able to bring other, others along on their IME journey. So that's been a, quite the aha moment for me the last couple of years. Can I, can I add on to that or ask you to yeah. add on to that when you talk about that shift? Is that something that's happened more recently in your adult life or as you've moved around? I, so I was part of the um, Inclusion and Diversity Council at work a few years ago. Um, and I think that's when the sort of awakening took place. Um, we take so much for granted, right? We have a roof over our head, we have a car that we can drive, we have Wi-Fi, or we, you know, have two loving parents that raised us, um, or we have, a, a, you know, advanced degrees and education. I'm like, all of a sudden, it's changed the narrative for me. So um, how do I focus on that, what I have, and what that means, and how can I bring others along versus focusing on what maybe I didn't have growing up? Hmm, I love that. I love hearing that. We also learned about you, Aman, when we were together in July, that you are a member of the Glencoe Council for Inclusion and Community. Can you tell us a little bit more about the council, the work that you all do? Yeah, absolutely. So really the council came about to recognize uh, the village's commitment to foster and maintain a really strong sense of community to acknowledge the value of diversity and inclusion within Glencoe, right? And that's not just people who live here, it's people who work here and people, people who come here to play, right? Mm-hmm. So how do you make that meaningful and welcoming for, for everybody? Um, and really our job as a council and primary role is to support community events like District 35 Belonging uh, event that's coming up shortly and really uh, encourage the active dialogue, right? To promote awareness, because that's step one, right? Just to be able to learn. Um, and secondly, like facilitate some of those difficult conversations, right? And, and to promote justice and equity. So I'm a, a member of the Glencoe community as a staff member, as mm-hmm. you talked about, someone who works here or someone who lives here. How, how might I be able to get involved with the council? Yeah, so we, the council meets the first Wednesday of every month, right? So that's at Village Hall. The, the, you can go to the website and see what the times are for that. So anyone from the general public is invited to attend that um, and voice their opinions, share their concerns, or share ideas, right? Because it's uh, for the village by the village, mm-hmm. right? We're just spokespersons for the village itself, right? So we want to be able to hear from everyone uh, so we can make a difference. Um, so that's really step one. Um, the second thing that you can do is please let us know about if you would like to volunteer and participate in these uh, the committee events. Um, it's more than just council members. Uh, so we are building up that list of volunteers. And over time, we're trying to evolve and define what those roles and responsibilities are going to look like um, to make sure that we can be more powerful and uh, really represent the village in the best way possible. Shameless plug. Yes. If you haven't done it already, <laughs> uh, please do sign the welcome, Welcoming and Inclusive Community Pledge. It is on the website. And I believe there is going to be a board at the, the committee of the event as well for District 35. So um, that's our us coming together as a community to make sure that this is important. It's first and foremost, and we're all aligned to achieve it. I, I really appreciate that. When we think about inclusion, whether it's for a, a young child or an adult as a member of this community, we think about that piece of um, learning and being willing to pause and learn about another person's background, their identity. And you you referenced that important point of opening that dialogue. What are some ways that we can do that and open the dialogue when we meet someone new, respectfully to learn about who they are and and their background? Absolutely. And we have to be comfortable 
um, and create, I think as parents firstly, right, to create a safe space to ask those questions. Mm. Um, and uh, both for adults and children, right? Children are always very inquisitive. They're gonna stare, they're gonna ask questions and it's okay to ask those questions. Mm. I think sometimes adults, we shy away because we think it might offend or upset. But most cultures and most individuals who may come from different backgrounds are just are probably craving an opportunity to share. So if you can open up that dialogue with respect, right? Um, I don't think that would ever be a conversation that is not well received. Um, but it's also on, if you're on the receiving end, right? Think about that and appreciate the fact that somebody is asking questions to learn, and it's coming from a good place, um, and the intentions are good, right? So be patient. Right um, to be able to understand that perspective first and and share with them. Right, have your elevator pitch ready. Like, what do you want this individual to walk away with from your culture or what you have to offer? And everyone has such amazing things to offer. So why wouldn't we want to share that? You shared something really important about that idea of assuming positive intentions yeah. and and entering in and being willing to enter into new new conversations or even um, not new repeat conversations with people, but maybe shifting that lens of positive assumptions. We've, we've talked a lot, and there's research out there about when we think about creating that sense of belonging, that a critical piece of it can be just calling someone by their name and them feeling yeah. that they're seen, they're heard, you're mm -hmm. connecting with them. Um, and often we meet new people, and we have to learn names as in, in all of our classrooms, as you meet new people in the community. What are some ways that we can message and ensure that we're honoring the correct pronunciation, especially if someone might have a different cultural background and may not be a name that we're used to seeing? Do you have any, any advice for that? Absolutely. I mean, of course, ask them, like, how do you pronounce your name? Mm. And uh, know that it's okay if you don't get it quite right, right? So mm. I, I get to the point sometimes where they're like, oh, how do you say a name? I'm like, it's Amun. And they'll say Aman. To them, it sounds the and same. And I have just been mispronouncing it. And it's okay. <laughs> so Aman. Yes. Aman. Yeah, and you're so close, so I'm going to say it's okay, right? But we grew up with different languages. There, there are certain sounds we can't make. So we have to be kind to ourselves and say, it's okay. I'm saying it slightly differently. Um, but... Uh, one thing I would say is ask them if there's a shorter version. Do they have a nickname that they mm -hmm. go by? That's okay to ask, mm -hmm. but don't preemptively give them a nickname. I think that's a big no-no. Mm -hmm. um, and I've had that situation before as well, right? Where I've someone's been, someone's a Christopher, and I've heard individuals call them Chris. And I'm like, no, actually, it's Christopher. <laughs> <laughs> so you know, it, it becomes very clear. And you have to be comfortable in yourself as well to say that no, my name is Amanpreet, which is my full name. Right, but I don't go by it because Amun is okay, and that's kind of what stuck as I've grown up and, and in the working world. But I've really appreciated some teachers and even like VPs that I've worked with recently who've been very conscientious to actually say my full name, mm -hmm. and I've admired them for that. So they would always refer to me as Amun Preet. So um, I think there's certain nuances there if you if you if you choose to um, pick that up. I, I really appreciate what you shared. Um, the nickname piece. And I'm now going to work to to be more more intentional in saying Aman, <laughs> and the the fact that you say give grace because yeah. we are all learning, and um, also 
it goes back to assume positive intentions, mm-hmm. right? Absolutely. Uh, so let's talk, um, Betty, Ms. Weir, we're going to turn it over to you and talk a little bit about our upcoming Family Belonging event in District 35. Why are we hosting this event? Yeah, we're so excited about this event. And this all started back when we wrote the strategic plan, really. Um, deepening inclusion and in really valuing every member of our community is such an important part of the work we're doing here in the district. And last spring, we put out a survey. We called it our Family Belonging Survey. And it was just our initial attempt to gather some information and data from our District 35 community members on what are some things that make their families unique? What are their family structures? What languages are spoken in their home? What holidays do people celebrate? And we were floored by the level of diversity that came in from 149 respondents. So we know we just have a sliver of what's out there. Um, But it was so interesting and encouraging to see the diversity that exists. And so it was a great starting point to plan this event that we'll now be hosting in October, where we're hoping to bring together people um, from all of these diverse backgrounds so that we can learn from each other and celebrate the diversity that exists right here within Glencoe. So why should families join us? What What's going to happen at our family belonging night? Yes, our, our goal is to make it as fun as possible while ce- celebrating that diversity. So we have a couple of different things planned. Um, one, we are bringing in a variety of dance performances. So very excited to have some different types of cultural flair and, and just different types of music. And there'll be some children that are dancing as well as adults. Um, I'm not going to spoil what the, the dances are. You have to come to find out. Um, but there'll be four different types of performances throughout the night that people can enjoy. Um, we also have a lot of families who are offering to cook and share some of the dishes that are unique to their homes and their families and bring them here. So there'll be um, tastings that you can try of those. Um, There'll be people who have brought clothing and literature that's unique. We're hoping families can walk away with a really unique book list of um, literature they might bring into their homes to read with their families. And then we also are going to have a lot of our community organizations, including the Glencoe Council for Inclusion and Community, Glencoe Youth Services, uh, Family Services of Glencoe, True North, and and more. But the goal of having these organizations at the, the night is so that families can both, if they want to give back, there are going to be ways that they can get involved in the organizations. But also, if they're seeking to be supported in some way, there'll be resources available that you can learn about. So we're looking forward to helping people make those connections. And then we also have an opportunity for families to share photos or videos of what makes their family unique. And we're hoping that both our staff and our families will be able to share some of that. So what's going to happen if I'm a family and I say, I do want to share a video or I do want to share a photo? What's going to happen with that photo and that video? Where am I going to find that? Great question, (laughs) right? We want to make sure it's not being shared everywhere. Um, So there will be a, uh, if you RSVP to the event, and we'll share that information at the end of the podcast, and you can find it on our website and in a weekly newsletter we sent out recently. Um, But you will be invited to share what you're interested in sharing. And then we will send you a form where you can share that photo safely And then we will have it up in the West um, Library, or CLC as we call it here in Glencoe. And that'll just be played on a loop so that when families come in, they can look at that and view that. And we'll also have iPads um, in the CLC laid out where people could watch any videos that people might create. That's great. That's great. What an amazing uh, array of options for our families to be together, to learn together. Sounds like to eat some things Mm -hmm. together. We're excited for that. And, And just get the sense of the broad diversity in our community that we, we often don't realize. Yeah. I, I really appreciate that. 
I also wanted to mention that there will be various things that families can walk away with to continue this work at home. During the event, there will be a bingo card um, where people can collect basically a sign-off when you attend various pieces of the event, and there will be a raffle for some wonderful books. And additionally, on the flip side of that bingo card, there's some questions for reflection that when families get home, they can spend some time discussing those questions to extend the conversation about diversity and inclusion into your households and share some things that you learned during the evenings. So uh, Betty and Amon, thank you so much for being a part of this chat and helping us to think a little bit more reflectively about that sense of inclusion and diversity in our community. Thank you for sharing this platform with me today. Yes, thanks for having us. And thanks for listening. We hope you'll join us for our upcoming Family Belonging Night on October 19th from 6 to 7.30 p.m. at West School. We want you to visit our website or you can search your inbox. We sent a, a reminder about it on September 26th. You can learn more details and RSVP. And we also want to give a big shout out to our student musicians for helping us to perfect the elements of this podcast. Keep an eye out for our next podcast. Thank you.